Hello, you're listening to the Better Modesto Show. I'm your host, Demetrius Snare. With me is Chris Rickey, Christian Fletcher. Our guest today is going to be Jim Cruz. He is the executive director at the Stanislaus County Regional Housing Authority, if I can get that right. And we're live on 1360 KFIV, also on the iHeartRadio app. It's my favorite app. Yeah, so it's just you and me today. And yeah. Christian, of course. Yeah, Christian. Christian's here. Usually on the wheels of steel, though. Yep. Just making yep. sure everything runs right. How's the weekend? Man, it's been a crazy, crazy week. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Why is that? Uh, I mean, okay, so council. Mm-hmm. Council was insane this week. Okay, so we had like 100 people show up that wanted us to legalize cruising, which is like a huge deal. We could dive into that a little bit if you want. It's pretty Now, we talked about that a little bit on the yeah. show the last few weeks. So yeah. hopefully people are listening and that's why they're doing that. So that's, that's uh, a good thing, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a good thing. It's it's hardcore, though, and it brings up like issues of how do we get here? Mm-hmm. Why is it that we banned cruising in the first place? Why 30 years later is it still banned, right? Like, So these are questions that we're asking, and and it comes down to all the things that we talk about on this show, you know. Um, systemic racism mm-hmm. and you know uh, just people assume that if you're someone who's a cruising you are also a gang member and you're also probably black or brown mm-hmm. and it's just it's just uncomfortable you and, know? and big crowds in general no matter who you're dealing with they're going to bring some problems so I know public safety is an issue and obviously with you know you know, police departments being stretched and everything. I can understand some of the issues, but at the same time, I mean, it's just people who want to show their cars off, really. At the end of the yeah. day, it's people want to show their cars off, hang out, meet some new faces and stuff like that, right? I mean, for the most part, and I, I feel like everything gets kind of a negative connotation sometimes. And, and, and when we really think about it, like most people are just good people who want to have fun. Yeah, well, you can't you can't buy a '64 Impala for 500 bucks anymore. Okay, <laughs> no, like, I wish. I was talking so in the Christmas parade. One of the things that that a bunch of us council members here in Modesto did was we rode in lowriders from the Modesto Cruisers Coalition, which was really cool, right? Mm-hmm. Like I got to ride in a lowrider, and it was like a lowrider that. You know, it would go on three wheels, and I had my hand out the window, but I was like almost vertical, and it was, it was pretty cool. I'm not. I, I thought it was awesome. Uh-huh. Um, and the mayor was like, "I saw you on three wheels." You know, like, yeah, well, it, that's true. I did that. Um, I mean, I rode. I didn't actually do anything, but mm-hmm. it was great. You know, and I was like, "So, how much does a car like this go for?" And it's like, "Oh, you know, I put about a hundred k into it," and I'm like. Wow, man, like <laughs> that's so like you're not some kid just like creating a car like buying a car for 500 bucks anymore. Like you are spending real money. You have to have like, a, you know, a career yeah. to have a vehicle like this now. It is not what it was, you know, and that's that's kind of my point. Right. Mm-hmm. And just to even go further, like we've got three or four cities in in California that have already, you know, they've like you know undone their bands yeah and they're not having any of the problems that people are worried about so is there some risk sure there's always risk Mm -hmm. there's risk every day you can't walk out your front door without taking some risk Mm -hmm. but we need to 
I think that's like a loser's thinking, man. Yeah. You know, like defeatist. Yeah, we have to take. We have to look. Look, we have to take good information. I'm saying not. Ta- I'm not talking about taking foolish risks, mm-hmm. but like we have good data here with you know four other cities that have that have been in the same position as us. Let's look at the data. Let's see how it, if it's if it's what I think it is based on what everyone is telling me. There's not a lot of risk here. Yeah. You know, to your point, too. So back when back when I was a teenager and I had a friend who got an Impala, like a 64 Impala for about five hundred dollars. His dad was a um, correctional officer at, I think, DVI, one of the prisons in the area. And so he brought the Impala there and the inmates worked on it. So it was like a year or two. We were like, dude, when are you getting this Impala? When are you getting it? He finally got it. And it was like, we got to cruise that thing one week before Manteca got rid of the cruise and everything. But it was one of the... I mean, this thing was... I mean, when you're a 17-year-old in high school and you're rolling around in this thing, I mean, you're the man. You know what I mean? He was just enjoying that time. But... Yeah, I agree. I mean, take some risks. Don't take foolish risks. But, you know, look at, again, we always talk about looking at the data, right? And there's always risk, right? There's risk with having nightclubs. And, yeah. and, and, and you go to some of these cities, they don't want that, you know? But it's like, I mean, man, I, I agree. It's just, it's going to be something that's fun. So I think it should be something that we look into. Well, in sure. the world, we have to acknowledge, sorry, people, we have to acknowledge that the world is different now than it was in 1990. It just is okay and like my son my 16 year old son you know he could have got his learning permit six months ago but you know it's just not a big deal to kids anymore to drive right like he so he's like you know halfway through the course he's like yeah i'm gonna do it at some point you know like driving it's just not a thing anymore like you hang out with your friends on your cell phone now and on discord and on twitch like Mm -hmm. you're not you're not, you don't need to go cruising down McHenry to meet people anymore. And they're both driving age and we had to make them get their licenses and get cars because <laughs> we were just like, they have practice here. This, I was just, we're not driving you guys anywhere, everywhere anymore, you know? So I do get it because they, they weren't in a hurry to get it. And a lot of their friends don't have it. So I agree. I mean, it's just, things are changing, you know, things are changing. Let's, and, let's, it is yeah. what it is, man, you know, and. Yeah, it's just the it's just not the same anymore. Different. Jim Cruz is here, the executive director of Stanislaus Regional Housing Authority, and we're going to talk to him a lot about what's going on in that area. And we were kind of talking off air a little bit, but introduce yourself for a second here and tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I'm Jim Cruz, executive director for Stanislaus Regional Housing Authority. Uh, Just started that position as executive director in January of this year, Mm -hmm. Um, but I've been with the Stanislaus Regional Housing Authority for about five years now, actually so six. Is that six an honor or a curse at this point? Yeah. It, it is. You know, I, I you know, I'm taking over for Barbara, you know, yeah. Kaus, who is executive director, very dynamic person, big shoes to fill for me. Uh, so I'm doing my best. She was uh, basically my hero, by the way. Yeah. She we, was we, we stay in touch whenever, yeah. you know, I get a call from you. I, I go, okay, this is what Chris is talking about. What should I do? Right? <laughs> you have to live um, up to Chris's standards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, he, he's an outside the box thinker too, mm-hmm. so I, I really enjoy that. And um, but uh, you know, I've been in housing now for just about you know twenty years. Uh, was with uh, San Joaquin Housing Authority for a number of years. Started in HR, did procurement and contract management, and then just kind of learned the entire business. Um, before that, uh, I managed the uh, senior service agency uh, for San Joaquin County for about six years. Um, and you know, we serviced, you know, 1300 meals a day through meals on wheels and congregate dining and adult daycare centers and kind of gave me that, 
um, uh, perception and, and uh, information on how to deal with the senior population and that their their needs, um, which is not dissimilar to the same needs that they have today. I mean, that's one area that I don't think we've really addressed, you know, as a country. Um, that still we still have a long way to go for that as well. Um, before that, I did about uh, 13 years working with AMR, American Medical Response, uh, throughout Northern California. Um, enjoyed that very much. Uh, but again, you know, it gave me a, a good real-life feeling for some of the people that we deal with, especially homeless um, uh, and mentally ill individuals that we have a lot of issues with. It gave me a different, I think, dynamic of understanding what that lifestyle is and the challenges that we have there. And again, I think there's still a lot of things that... Uh, that we need to do there in, in order to include them into some of our services here. And uh, kind of going into a little bit more about, you know, what we do as the housing authority here um, is our development. And, and because I think I have those background, and, and again, working with Barbara, who had some of the similar backgrounds as well, understanding those populations, it's, it's the designing of the units that we can include that in there. For instance, you know, behavioral health likes water flow, and so there's a lot of water damage, and you'll, you'll hear about that a lot, is we just build the drains into the floor systems throughout wherever the water is, and that kind of protects the units. And so there's a lot of things that, um, you know, that we, we take these learned experiences and then develop those into, you know, our housing developments. Please notice with all of our, all of our community servants that we have on the show, they all started out, you know, in community service, and no matter where they are now, it's it's kind of like step by step. And what I always wonder is, it, it, when you first got into it, did you think, okay, one day I'm going to be the executive director, or is it something that you just kind of were getting pushed into because you were doing such a good job? I mean, you'll probably be humble about it, but you're doing a pretty good job at something, and so they're kind of pushing you to go to these higher positions. Yeah, and I, I think that's what happened is, you know, again, I was uh, I went to school with somebody that was in the housing authority and um, started the position in HR and just kind of kept expanding them. I got more interested in that. Um, so I think, you know, the joke in the housing industry is when you were in high school, did you ever think you were going to be in the housing authority? Probably right? not. Nobody right? even knew what that was. Everybody that's in that in that field just kind of ended up here and then loves it. Interesting. Interesting. Well, we're going to talk a lot about this. We're going to get to know more about you, more about the housing authority with Jim Cruz. This is uh, Demetrius Snare. I'm here with Chris Rickey, Christian Fletcher. You're listening to The Better Modesto Show on the iHeartRadio app, also live on KFIV 1360. We'll be back in a minute. Show. We're here with Jim Cruz, our special guest. I'm Demetrius Snare with co-host Chris Rickey, and we have our producer Christian Fletcher as well. Um, so, so Tim, tell us a little bit more about the role of the Housing Authority in the Modesto community here. Okay. So, I'll give you a little bit of a just a summary history of that. That the Housing Authority was formed in 1949. Uh, the County Board of Supervisors. Uh, through the California Health and Safety Code established the Housing Authority. And since that time, you know, they've been building housing uh, 
essentially mostly public housing and having some vouchers and working really on getting that rental subsidy in. Um, probably up until about a decade ago when we had the housing crash, you know, rental subsidy was was huge for us, trying to get as many vouchers and as much money we can to help um, underserved you know populations be able to afford rent because we had we had so much housing here. But then for that same decade, this last decade, there's been no housing development. And, and not just in, in Stanislaus County, but across California and the nation. It just kind of dropped off that, that housing crust. And so, yet our population keeps going up. Exactly, exactly. And, and so, you know, we've shifted our focus in the last five or six years from getting these voucher systems and getting funding for, for rents to actually doing the development side so we can actually get the units. We, we have, of course, we can always use more vouchers and subsidy, but we need the units. So that's what we need. And right now we have an overabundance of the vouchers and, and specialty vouchers. You know, if you've heard of emergency housing vouchers, those are great vouchers. You know, we have a couple hundred of them. We just can't find the units to put people in. So that's what our focus is now. And and not just for, you know, homeless individuals, which we're working with community members for, you know, temporary housing and shelter and, and, and working and partnering with our so, different groups. So you, like, for example, Kansas House? So is Kansas that one House, of your developments? Kansas House is 103 units. Great. It's a no place like home. Half of it is, you know, for behavioral health clients and the other ones are for what we call second stop people that are coming and a little bit more stabilized and ready to move into an apartment. And it is an actual apartment complex. So it does have the rental subsidy that we built in. So we subsidize the rents, but they sign a lease. They have to observe the rules and it's not a program. And I think that's kind of a mis, you know, a communication of that. It's, it's a transitional housing or it's a program. It really is an apartment complex and we're trying to give them, you know, the benefits of the rental assistance to get them back on their feet. A lot right, of them are right. working yep. and, you know, the great thing about that and what we're, again, we're trying to build that cycle is once they've been there for 12 months and they have that voucher, if there's another location they want to move to, they can move to that new location, which will then reopen that position up. The challenge that we're having is there's nowhere to move from there. Yeah. There's no vacancies. So again, that's another, you know, one of our other big projects that we're working on, hopefully to break ground in 2023, is of course our Cisco Road 148, you know, studio apartment units, and that's going to be a workforce housing, and that would be something that right. could probably move into. Um, but really, we're trying to stay away from any federal or state funding that has any ties uh, that really restrict the populations and income of people. And so when we say workforce housing, you know, we're putting that where the old Clarion Hotel was. There's a number of businesses out there from, you know, the different the Kohl's and the Walmarts and the restaurants and all yeah. of the other things. And so you have people that are working out there. And wouldn't it be great? that they could come in and have an apartment complex within walking distance to grocery stores, restaurants, and work and be able to afford a place. So we're looking at doing that, um, again, through just uh, regular bank financing, uh, maybe some other bond or some other, you know, sources that don't have those strings where we have to say it's only this type of demographic and only this income level. And so... But these are the kind of places that improve our community in multiple ways, right? So you look at Kansas House. It used to be the Traveler's Lodge, I think, on Kansas Avenue. And it was like one of the seediest, like most awful places in the city. It was really bad. Lots of crime. All, you know, I'm not going to go into it, but it was a bad place. And so the city and the county and the, the, you know, housing authority got together, revitalized it, (laughs) and then took people that were struggling put them in it and 
the problems are reduced dramatically. The property is way better. And all of a sudden we have taken 103, like, you know, families and people, et cetera, and, and solved problems. And that is awesome. And then what's going on with the Clarion is the same kind of thing. The Clarion was not like stellar either, you know. It had a few, I mean, I'm sure you know because you're taking it apart now. Had a few issues inside those rooms. Um, but it also is super cool. It's got an indoor pool. But anyway, are you keeping that? No, we can't. Oh, keep that. come on. You know, and, and we'll get to some of our issues <laughs> but, before, but that's, but yeah, that's anyway, one. But of it, them. it was cool. It was <laughs> like being at a resort, kind of. But anyway, now you got this. You got you know you got 140 units there or whatever like that's gonna be people that are looking for apartments that are gonna have affordable like what the rent's gonna be like a thousand bucks or something yeah and that includes like, your that's utilities crazy so very affordable thousand dollars a month for market. a studio like sign me up brah yeah. people are gonna be so excited so like this is such good work right and I know that there are some other targets out there of other projects that the city's looking to help you guys with you know in the future to kind of do more stuff like this which is take bad places offline give them you know give good people spots to live that are looking for it and it's just it's so exciting yeah and and that's what we're looking at the city of modesto has been fantastic to work with um you know we're always looking for opportunities we always have 15 or 20 different development projects you know kind of in the works and i know that there's a, a a sense that you know, development can be done in a year or two years. And I said, sometimes these are, you know, if you're lucky and the stars align, you can you can move on these things pretty quickly. But generally, you're looking at five years to a decade for some of these projects, be, just because you have a lot of the, the processes that have to go through. And sometimes you have to wait for the infrastructure to be built to support it. Um, you know, we have one uh, we received um, just on a whim. Uh, we had a, a staff person, Teresa Kinney, that uh, used to be a, a congressional aide. And she came up with the idea that said, hey, why don't we go ahead and just submit, you know, a congressional uh, appropriations letter uh, for some money for housing. And so we're like, we haven't done that before, but it sounds great. She did it. We were awarded three million dollars. We just got the agreements uh, this week. So we're thankful for that. And that's That's on that land over by John Thurman, right? Well, off of uh, Robertson Road. So right where the wastewater facility yes. is, it's where the soccer yeah, but, fields but, are. So yeah. Yeah, we right should see there. that moving through trip and the various city boards. And we'll, we'll get about four acres there. And we're looking at building about 97, 98 unit apartment complex there as well. That is amazing. So, yeah. Um, I remember that was one of the first things that Barbara and I worked on was getting permission from trip to start exploring that process. Mm-hmm. And so... It's a great location. You know, it really is. It's right off there. We can, you know, beautify the area. We're going to do some improvements out there. As he said, we have our Vine Street property, King Kennedy and and Helen White, you know, which is tied in with some, you know, projects in Turlock. And uh, same thing, you know, we're we're hoping to redo the road out there, build some infrastructure, get some, you know, uh, behavioral health housing, uh, veterans housing, and then keep some of the senior housing there affordable at our, our rates again, you know, hopefully within about a thousand dollars so that we can have, you know, seniors move in there and be able to afford it. That's another big population that is just getting squeezed out of the market. Um, you have people that have lived in their homes for years and years. Um, and now, you know, because of the, the interest rates going up, housing payments, cost of everything, they can't make a, you know, their, their, um, mortgage payments and they're getting pushed out. The other one is are the rents are going up high. They're usually on fixed income and they're getting pushed out. So um, it, it's a challenging economy out there. And uh, I think, you know, on the development side, 
our our biggest challenges are, and I say I wish it was one because usually you know one one big hurdle we can get through, whether it's a building code issue or something, some you know we can usually work through those kind of things through design. But when we're working with you know economic conditions and high inflation and material shortages because we get a you know majority of our building materials uh, from other countries and we have no control over those things so there's there's a lot of um, market conditions that were out of our control and keeping the cost down artificially without having these 500 600 700 thousand dollar units um, makes it very difficult to keep them affordable and by affordable I mean to you know 80 or 90 percent of the population <laughs> Wow you know I I one thing that I think um, I we kind of gloss over, you're talking $1,000 a month. Like, that's huge. I think a lot of people need to know about this. So, you know, the things I want to know, and we might get to a little bit, bit at this segment, but definitely want to know, like, how do people hear about this? How can we get the word out about it so that way the people who need these services are getting them? Um, two, what, what does it look like? How many people are signing up for it? Um, what's the line like? How, how do you get, you know, um, to the front of the line? Or how do, you, how do we prioritize who needs these services the most? Um, I think those are very important. Um, you know, I had a former athlete of mine recently reach out to me because he, you know, was losing his apartment. He, and he has a wife and a child. And he's like, Coach, you know, what, what, do I, what can I do? And I Googled it. And, you know, Housing Authority came up and vouchers and all that. And I know you're talking about... You know, not having, you know, you have a lot of vouchers, but not a lot of spaces. So we're going to get into that in the next segment. But I, I really want to know these things because I think what's important, the, the most important thing here is to get the word out to people. Like, how do they find out about these services? Because I, I think you run into a lot of people who just don't know about the services. So when we come back, we're going to talk about that. I want to know about the cost. I think that's huge for people to know. Like, these are affordable housing and, and that needs to be out there. We're going to talk about how do people find out about it? How can we help get the word out about it? And how do they get in line? And, and when they do find out about it, how do they get in line for those services? So um, we'll be back again. You're listening to the Better Modesto Show. We have Jim Cruz on. He is the executive director of Stanislaus County. Um, housing Authority. We have Chris Rickey, producer Christian Fletcher, and we'll be back in a minute. All right, welcome back. You're listening to the Better Modesto Show. I'm Demetrius Snare, sitting here next to Chris Rickey with our producer, Christian Fletcher, and Jim Cruz. Um, we're talking about a lot, you know, and I think this is important information. Um, I know the Kansas house that you're talking about. So when I go home from, from Modesto Junior College, I always go by there. So I've, I've been at Modesto Junior College 18 years now. So I've seen exactly what happens there. One of the things I don't think people realize, and all I saw was that, wow, this place looks better now, you know? I don't think people understand the amount of work that's actually happening. I think, and I'm, I'm guilty of this as well, we complain a lot. We always want to see more. We want to see more all the time. And so talk a little bit about, I mean, just, you know, all these projects you guys have going on. Why, why is there a disconnect? And we've talked about this too. Communication seems to be an issue all the time. How can we communicate communicate to the public just the work that you're doing? Because it's amazing work. I mean, we're talking about taking families who are without homes and putting them in homes. And we're talking about homes that are affordable. I mean, in, in this county, you can go Stanislaus County, Merced County, San Joaquin County. You're not going to find housing for $1,000 a month. 
You just won't. So talk a little bit about that for us. Well, I can talk a little bit about, you know, start with Kansas House and, and just, you know, that was kind of our first, um, uh, what's the word, uh, adventure into converting. I was going to go soiree myself. You know, but... I was. I wanted to make sure I spelt it right. You know, I pronounced that right. So, <laughs> um, But, you know, the, the challenge was is when you look at these hotels and you think that people are staying in them and it's got heating and windows and everything, that, that, that everything should be easy. But when you're transferring that from a what they call a transitory, you know, hotel type of um, living to a, re- a residential, permanent residential, all of that has to change anyway. So the windows have to be changed, the sound ratings on the windows, the seals on the doors, um, everything needs to change. Usually the plumbing needs to be changed out, you know, throughout the building, um, especially if they were a little bit older, say, you know, built in the 70s or even the 80s now, you know, the recommendation is you replace all electrical, all plumbing. So... You know, you have to pick that the right building. That actually makes sense, though. Yeah. In the long run, yes, it, it definitely does. Uh, plumbing, for sure. Electrical yeah. is a little bit easier. Because you're, you're going from galvanized, right? Yeah. Usually. Yeah. 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 And, and even, you know, when you think about electricity and the electrical wires, Yeah. Um, you know, after 40, 50, 60 years, they become brittle. It doesn't take much. They'll just break and they snap. And so you have fire hazards and things like that. So yeah, it is the best thing built, to do. It was built in the 80s. And the first thing we did was bring in an electrician. And he had to switch out half the electrical system. Was, yeah. 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 Oh, not, not, you know, a bunch of that stuff. So, yeah. And these motels yeah. don't have fully functioning kitchens in no. every room. No, right? So that has don't. to. So, yeah. And, and so in order to have a one bedroom, for instance, even if you have like the studio or, you know, the suites is what they call them. Mm-hmm. But in order to be considered a one bedroom, there has to be a window, right? A door, a window and a closet in that room for it to be considered a one bedroom. Um, so, and a lot of the designs, can you'll the see that the studio, the, can the front door be the door or no? Well, for that one room. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But if you have a room that's behind that, which a lot of the, you know, these hotels do, they have kind of your entryway and there's a little, mm. sometimes they'll have a kitchenette and the bathroom and things. And then they have the, the bedroom back there. But if there's no window on there, it's not really, can't be considered a bedroom. So is it more of a closet then? Uh, well, it has to have a closet as well, right? Ah. So in order to be a bedroom, it has to have a window and, and the, the access door and a closet. So Sounds there, like we need to change a code to me. But. Yeah. There's just there are a lot of those little uh, so intricacies. <laughs> and so when, now now that we've done this and we've learned all these, you know, when we walk through buildings, you know, the Clarion was its own challenge. And, and so um, that's a, a 100% concrete building, concrete, you know, floors, ceilings, and walls. So if you're changing electrical that is run through the concrete, well, now you have to kind of run everything on the exterior because you can't, you can't just take the sheetrock down and rewire everything. So, you know, every building has its own challenges. Um, but, you know, to your point, that's what we do now. I mean, every, every project that we get into, um, we're thinking outside the boxes. You know, a few years ago, they started converting these things. We're still willing to do it. But those are some of the things that we look at is, okay, what is it really going to take? And it, maybe it's cheaper just to bulldoze it and rebuild it in, in some cases, um, depending on the level of work. Um, a lot of the ones that we've looked at, uh, not necessarily Modesto, but Turlock had one that looked great, um, but it had asbestos throughout the entire building. And so... By the time you're abating it and getting rid of all of that hazardous material and those kind of things, you're probably better off to just go ahead and demolish the whole thing and then rebuild it um, so that you have everything brand new. Um, so, and go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say. So, how do you, how do we get the information out? How does how does that usually happen? So we generally 
Um, we will publish it. We go out. We do some uh, public meetings. We mm -hmm. can, we, you know, usually there's a grand opening or there's, there's some other event. Um, the B has been great about publicizing, you know, like Kansas House or anytime we have something open. Um, I would tell you on our housing, most of our housing lists and on our, our uh, voucher, there's thousands of people that are already on the list waiting. Oh, wow. um, I will tell you that right now, one of our biggest ways that we're getting vouchers out are we have a preference for in-place vouchers. And that is because there are no new units, if somebody is living in a unit and, and qualifies for their uh, income standards for a voucher, if their landlord will agree to become a, you know, a Section 8 uh, landlord, then we can go ahead and they can apply and then receive some rental subsidy that way. For the new units, um, again, there's such a great need here um, that really one article in the B or we have, uh, what is it, KCRA, is it channel, is it 13 here that comes out? I can't remember. There's a couple of news stations that will come out. They'll do some, some uh, news stories on that. It'll get out. And 148 units or, or 50 units, it sounds like a lot of units, um, but it can fill up within two or three days on a waiting list. Uh, we had our Oakleaf Meadows, which is, you know, just over 50 units in Oakdale. And, and you know, their waiting list is, is huge already. There's just a drastic need for, you know, affordable housing in the area. So, you know, we're, as I said, we're, we're always advertising. We have our website, but um, filling the units um, and getting people on our waiting list has really not been a problem um, as far as, you know, we know. I mean, our waiting mm -hmm. lists are always full. How can, how can the public help with any of this at all? You know, maybe funding or getting the message out or, I don't know, helping, I don't know, are there projects, community projects that are run through any of these? Yeah, I, I think, you know, probably on, on the legislative side, just getting the word out, getting out that um, it's great to have the special, you know, the state is releasing just billions of dollars in funding, but it's very specialized and it has mm -hmm. a lot of strings to it. And as I said, when you know, we look at affordability, um, you can say you're homeless or 30% of your air median income, which is, you know, every year they do a, a study from the, the highest paid, you know, what the highest uh, uh, salaries and incomes are versus the lowest. And they take a median. And, and right now for a family of four, I think that's roughly around $60,000 for this area is what they're saying that. So which means you can afford about at 30% of your that salary is about $2,000 a month. And that's what you're supposed to be using for your housing and utilities and all of that. It just doesn't happen in our community, <laughs> right, to get to that. So when I say that, you know, when we're looking at affordable, and this is a comment I get a lot, is we don't want that, you know, the NIMBYism. We don't want affordable housing yeah. here. So I said, well, affordable housing is almost all housing. All new housing is, you know, if we can keep it down so you can afford it at $2,000 a month. I mean, that that's affordable for most mm -hmm. people. So that's where we're focusing on that. And so if they can kind of understand that and get the, 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 the word affordable and um, that it's not, you know, low income or poor housing, which we definitely want to assist those people. But really in this, in this market, all housing yeah, is unaffordable. Exactly. It's, I mean, this is, all this is like, is we keep, to me, we keep hitting on the same thing over and over again, right? Like times are changing so quickly that our brains are having a hard time keeping up, you know, just like 10 years ago, $2,000 a month was a pretty decent wage, <laughs> you know, now that's like, it's not anymore. You can't live on that anymore. And, um, 
it's hard to compute that because it, it changed so fast. And the same thing with like building materials, right? The cost of building materials and how they went up astronomically. You know, we just had a big hearing on Vine Street at City of Modesto because we, I don't know, our housing department was involved in that as well with you guys. And we had to approve the cost per unit. And the cost per unit was like ridiculous. I don't know. It was like, what, half a million dollars or something per unit or something. Um, and I had, there were members on my committee that were just like, why does it cost so much? And we're, you know, freaking out about it. And it's, I mean, it is what it is now, guys. Like, we don't, like, you can't change the cost of, you know, the parts of the house that keep going up in price because of, you know, inflation. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't change these things. They're, they are what they are, right? Well, you, I used to build this for this and this, you know, 10 years ago. Well, times are different now. You know, it's funny, and you're talking about, I know we're running out of time here, but we're talking about, like, how we talk to people. It's interesting to hear you saying, like, oh, we're talking to the B, we're talking to, to television stations. Like, that's like comms from 20 years ago, right? Like, that's not how you communicate with people anymore. It's like, but that's how it was always done. And those are those are some of the challenges, and that's what we want to get into in the, in the last segment. Maybe talk about what are some of the challenges that you guys are facing, and then we want to know, like, what are some of the some of the most exciting projects you guys have coming coming up here, you know, because I'm sure I got a few project suggestions. Oh, yeah. Chris always has good suggestions. And so, (laughs) so so, yeah, the next segment, we'll get to that. You're listening to the Better Modesto show on KFIV 1360, also on the iHeartRadio app. We'll be back in a moment. All right, welcome back. You're listening to the Better Modesto Show. I'm Demetrius Snare. I have Chris Ricky here. We also have our producer, Christian Fletcher. We have Jim Cruz talking a lot about housing. And I think uh, you were talking about technology a little bit off offline here, and I wanted to get into that a little bit because I think that's important, making things user-friendly for the people that are needing these these um, these services and everything. So talk a little bit about maybe the, you know, how you guys are making it so that people who are getting these programs are able to access them and, and, and take care of business with that stuff. Well, we're, we're upgrading our current uh, computer system. It's the same system. They've just come out with some new uh, modules is what they call that. And so one of those is called a rent cafe. Um, not sure why they call it that, but it will now provide, you know, uh, mobile apps for people to be able to pay their rents online. Um, they can check some of their status on the information on their applications. Um, those types of things. Uh, our staff member can go ahead and, and, and Starbucks submit credits things to them. Too, and, well, you know, we'll talk to Starbucks and see if they want to do something. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> but right, everybody's going in that direction. Um, and there, there's a, you know, a large portion of the population. And now it was a challenge before because not everybody had a computer, not everybody have phones. But, you know, with a lot of the new programs out there, most people have some kind of a cell phone um, and data service. So I think that that's going to be a big push. The other thing we're doing is we purchased 15 kiosks um, and so we're going to be locating those at our different offices and then also at the access centers and some of the other locations where they'll be able to use the same thing they can go in and they can you know just use a kind of a computer screen um, do the applications there contact people at our office and so trying to automate things and, and provide better customer service and response times I gotta imagine too with with all that communication sometimes 
just hearing people's stories has to pull at your heartstrings and just that's got to be tough when maybe sometimes you don't have you know anything that you can do for someone it is and um and, and again that's why you know I, we're so focused on development and trying to build additional units because um and, and i think it's challenging for our staff as well because they have they, i mean they get hundreds of calls um hundreds of requests for services and i, and I wish we had you know uh, services and supply for all of them um we had a call uh, just the other day about a, a homeless person. The family had just become homeless. They'd lost that. It was a husband and wife, and they had four or five children. They were sleeping in their car and, and were trying to find a place for them. Um, and, and, you know, we're just searching everywhere. You know, are there any programs out there? Um, you know, where can we help these people? And so it is heartbreaking when you, you know, you want to help them and you just you, you don't have the resources. I get calls or the space. like that every week. Let's let Chris help you guys because he said he had some suggestions. So yeah, I'm sure well, he's going like... to fix anything you got right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got in Modesto, we got lots of problems, right? Well, and every city does. Like, that's another thing. It's like people think that Modesto is like unique in that we've got problems. Like, I got news for you. Every city everywhere has some problems, all right? If it's not one thing, it's another. But in Modesto, one of the thing, problems we have is we've got these abandoned commercial buildings, big retailers that disappear. Like Orchard Supply Hardware on Cisk, you have to drive by it every day. It looks like people use it for target practice. You got people tagging it. We got people setting it on fire. You know, like it's just, it's awful, right? And why can't we take buildings like that and make them into housing? You know, I realize there's like some code rules and stuff like that. Like it's like, oh, you can't put windows on a place like that. And so like we got the window problem. But I don't know if we made if we made them a bunch of studios for the areas that weren't. We've, windows, we've actually had discussions that? about that, and there's a Toys R Us right next door to yeah. that as well. Yeah. But we've had that um, again, a, a few discussions about those types of buildings where it's actually easier to go in. And, and again, because everything is new inside, it's just an empty warehouse. As long as the, the structure yeah. is fine, you can go build the rooms and and you know right. You're building new walls. You have all new electrical, all new um, you know plumbing and sewer. So. Um, that is an easier way to do it, and it is something we're exploring. But but there are a few things that we're working. How do we get past the exploring is, part and more into the doing? <laughs> it's you know in development too. It, this is a challenge for us because in order to get from that dream right the discussion to the dream, you know you're talking maybe a hundred or two hundred thousand to get to that point where can you see it's feasible? And so you have to kind of be selective on which ones really seem viable because there's only I mean, so I've much got a of list that you if can you wanna, yeah. you start. And uh, we're, we're looking at it. And, and so what we do with this is right again, is we're looking for timing and we keep these concepts open. Yeah. And then, you know, if the state comes out and Hey, by the way, here's one they're, they're releasing funding for rehabbing your hotels or, you know, converting motels. Great. We have three conceptual ideas for that. The same thing, um, they're coming out with some funding for commercial buildings and, and they have some zoning waivers and things like that that you can do. So that's what we wait for is to kind of have these concepts on the shelf, have some basic designs. Okay, how would we do it? How would we look at We have some architects that will kind of work for free and kind of point us in the right direction. Um, but 
you know, a lot of the grant funding that comes down, it's like, well, you've got to be ready. You have to have your environmentals done. Did the city go ahead? Are you ready for permits? Are you, well, in order to get to that point, it costs a lot of money on those professional side to get talk to me, man. Like these, these problem businesses aren't going away, you know? And, and, um, you know, I, I'm one of seven, right. So I can't like work magic. I'm not, you know, and just hand you a bunch of money, but what I can do is advocate. Right. And, we need two things. We need to get rid of these horrible buildings and we need housing. housing. And how about mm-hmm. killing two birds with one stone? And I think a lot of council members would would be like interested in that kind of thing. And if we need to do some prep work, great. Let's go. Let's do some prep work. Because, you know, right now we're at a very unique time where the city and the county do have money that we have to invest in this community and the ARPA funds that have to be spent by 2026. And so... We need to, again, the only thing that we're guaranteed in this world is that stuff's going to change every year. You know what I mean? Like, it's, if it's not inflation, it's COVID. If it's not COVID, it's I can't find a job. If it's, a, it's, it's always been something all the time. It's, it's the housing bubble that blew up. It's what, something's always changing, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so right now, like, with what, the advantage, I think, the superpower we have right now is we can act fast. We can, we can do things quickly but we have to act, right? And so, like, it's part of that changing that, like, that thought process of where we're stuck, you know? Anyway, I guess that's my that's my rah-rah. Let's go, Jim. <laughs> so you got, you got Chris as an advocate. How do you use that? How do we use that to make it make things happen faster? Well, we do. And, and as I said, you know, the, the city of Modesto, the, the planning, community development staff has just been phenomenal. Um you know, we just have capacity issues as well. As I said, right. we, we, we have, because we service... So do we. City has the same problem. Yeah, we service, uh, you know, eight other counties, and we have another one now in, in uh, Santa so Cruz. I, I think right? we need to, like, so, emphasize that. Like, right. the Stanislaus <laughs> Housing Authority is dealing with eight counties. Yes. That's quite, that's a lot of hats, man. Yeah. And so, we, you know, we have these same projects going in Calaveras and yeah. Tuolumne. There's a little one out in Mono mm-hmm. that, you know, is... Not an easy, you know, it's a five, six, seven, eight hour drive to get out to Mono to take a look at, you know, the area there. Um, but, you know, it takes a lot of staff and we have some great consultants. But again, going back to, I think, you know, coming out of COVID, we had a lot of people that, you know, didn't go to college. We don't have a lot of the graduates for, you know, at least a couple of years. They're just starting back. So a lot of the engineers and architects are, you know, as you know, the city, right, had yeah, a hard time recruiting as well. And it's hard to get those professionals on board so that we can, you know, build our capacity up. So, yeah, I mean, we have three architectural firms working for us now and they're they're busy. Um, yeah. So we all have the same problem. <laughs> and, then, and in two years from now, we're going to have a different problem. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'll tell you, you know, that again, remember that it's not a problem that just happened. It, it's a problem that we've noticed over the past couple of years. But it's a problem that's that everybody's kind of seen coming down the road for a decade. I mean, you, you knew when you were building 20 or 30 home, you know, thousand homes, you know, a year and you went down to 200 and you've been doing that for the 10 years. It's eventually going to catch up to you. And that's where we are now. And it's going to take, you know, uh, five or 10 years to kind of get up to that. As you said, we, we can have 2000 homes a year. But, you know, if you look at the census data, there's 4,000 people coming in, yeah. right? So we're still always behind that curve. Yeah, yeah well, in the city of Modesto, I'm proud of the fact that we approved 5,000 new units this year. But that doesn't mean they're going to get built. Yeah. Because with interest rates the way they are, are you going to build 
a hundred single family homes right now at half a million dollars. And, and going back know, to materials costs, that, that is our challenge. The challenge is, I mean, we don't, we're not a private developer. We're not yeah. looking to make it that money. And, and the private developers aren't making that much either anymore. So real quick, what's, what's your most exciting thing happening right now? Right now, it, it looks like we're going to move into our 1612 new offices towards the end of January. Um, we're going to be doing That's a the groundbreaking. Yeah, the old Clarion Hotel, and we're going to be breaking ground on our Vine Street project. We've already given the, the notice to proceed to the contractor, so sometime in January we'll have some shovels out there and, and hopefully doing a, a grand opening out there getting that project started. So those are the, the two biggest things that are happening now. I swear every time we do these shows, I think four 11-minute segments are enough, and then we get to the end, and I'm like, yeah. gosh, there's so much. So we're going to have to have you back sometime. I mean, this is good stuff, and, and congratulations on everything that's happening, and I mean, I just I hope that all this works out because we all see the issues and everything we all see it and we all want it to get better so that's the only way it's going to do that so thanks for coming out and hopefully we can have you on again hey that's it for us that was quick the better Modesto show we're done again i'm demetrius snare he's chris ricky christian fletcher is the producer thank you jim cruz for coming out we'll talk to you guys next week thank you for having me